0: You'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. From the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxai, and this is Resound. To the future or to the past, to a time when truth exists and what is done cannot be undone. Great radio is everywhere, but you can't be, which is why we collect and curate to bring you the best audio stories worldwide on the air, the internet, podcasts. We even travel back in time, just to bring you the best of what we hear each week on ReSound. How far are we from the state of 1984? How far are we from it? Uh, About 30 years behind us. Today, we're going back to 1984. First, the book. In case you somehow missed reading George Orwell's dystopian novel in high school, here are the basics. The world is in a state of constant war and under the surveillance of Big Brother's watchful eye. 1984's protagonist is a man named Winston Smith. His job is to go back into the historical record and literally rewrite history to support the party line. Smith hated the regime, but kept his true feelings locked away in a diary. Can't you guess why I started this diary? Don't know what happened yesterday. In the year 1984, radio producer Benjamin Walker was 12. That year, everyone was talking about how Orwell's predictions were completely off-base. But young Benjamin disagreed. He saw totalitarianism everywhere, in the way only a cynical 12-year-old can. So he started a diary, too, just like Winston Smith. And here it is. Happy New Year. It's 1984. 1984, the year, not the book. Or is it? Good morning, Mr. Orwell. Bonjour, Monsieur Orwell.
1: Today is January 1st, 1984. I got up super early to watch a show on PBS. It was called Good Morning, Mr. Orwell.
0: What you're about to see are positive uses of electronic media which could only happen with television.
1: It was really hard to follow. There was a man playing a rock. Later in the afternoon, I watched this Walter Cronkite special. This was more what I was looking for.
0: Professor Lutz led us through some examples of double think. Peacekeeper. Nuclear missile. Correctional facility. Prison. And negative economic growth. That's a recession.
1: I've decided to keep a diary, like Winston Smith did in Orwell's novel. Only my diary is going to come with a soundtrack. Using my tape recorder, I'm going to collect sounds from the TV, movies, home recordings, music, so the people of the future can hear what real totalitarianism sounds like. I am keeping this diary for the citizens of the future. Because as George Orwell says, in order to liberate the future, you must first go back and free the past. My social studies teacher says I'm nuts to compare America to George Orwell's world. But my diary will prove her wrong.
0: We're doing a story about a federal government agency known as NSA. Do you know what it is and what it does? No, I don't. NSA? I know an insurance company. No, I don't. NSA? Nah. NSA? I never heard of it. The NSA...
1: Today is January 12th. I'm 12 years old. Josh, Mike, and I went to Burger King, and we went up to the counter and got our orders, and then I shouted out, Where's the beef? No one got the joke. Can't they see why this woman's so awesome? That lady from the Wendy's commercial is like the embodiment of our collective fatigue with bullshit. She's demanding the truth for all of us.
0: Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody
1: back there. I think I'm in love. Was George Orwell right about 1984? January 24th. This weekend I went to Mike's mom's house and his stepdad made us watch the Super Bowl, even though we wanted to work on our greatest authors of science fiction fanzine. He said it was time for us to start caring about sports. But I'm glad he made us watch, because I saw a commercial for a new computer that is going to change
0: the world. On January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984.
1: Today at school, Josh told Mike and I that his dad is buying a Mac. And I know it's bad to be jealous, but man, they already have a PC, and Josh has his own Commodore. We don't even have an electronic calculator in our house. Tonight I asked my dad if we could get a Macintosh And he just laughed Did Einstein need a computer? Or Picasso? Or Hemingway? He always talks like this But I think it's more because he can't imagine Where he would come up with $2,500 Which is what a Macintosh costs I'm super worried now that I'm going to end up falling behind So I'm practicing math in my room with the Sears catalog at night The new one just came in the mail. One Macintosh computer divided by 50 Y-Wing Star Wars Rebellion-themed ship models equals one Viviana full-figure sheer lace and satiny nylon tri-cut cup bra, two provocative camisole and bikini sets with detachable garter straps, plus one portable stereo cassette player with rechargeable battery pack plus three voice-activated walkie-talkies with headsets, plus one Atari 600XL, plus one color Saticon video camera, equals one.
0: My fellow Americans, I am a candidate and we'll seek re-election. It's morning again in
1: America. January 31st. Today, If we were living in Oceana, Ronald Reagan's new re-election commercial would be playing on a loop on the giant telescreens in Victory Square. I've seen it three times already.
0: In a $2 million saturation advertising campaign, the Republicans will be telling middle America that it should feel good about itself and has Ronald Reagan to thank.
1: The message of these Morning in America ads is crystal clear. It is not enough to obey Big Brother. We must love him.
0: It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better.
1: Ronald Reagan isn't all love, though. Sometimes he tells us who to hate. This morning, he gave two minutes of his time to Good Morning
0: America. Mr. President, nice to have you with us again. Well, Dave, good good morning and it's good to be here. Thank you. Mr. President, there are people across this country, the truly needy, who look at you and they say, yeah, he is the nicest man and we like him, but his policies are causing misery, they're hurting us, we're hungry. But our policies... how do you change that perception if it's wrong? Our policies are not Uh, hurting them. What we have found in this country, and maybe we're more aware of it now, is one problem, and that is the people who are sleeping on the grates. The homeless who are homeless, you might say, by choice. And the winner is... Thriller, Michael Jackson! Michael Jackson! Michael Jackson! Michael Jackson! Michael Jackson, the number one artist in the world!
1: February 28th. My mom won't let me listen to Michael Jackson because she says he's anti-Christian. But I still know a lot about him because I read the magazines and the TV guys at the grocery store. But it would be hard for me to tell you what my favorite Michael Jackson song is. Well, it's definitely not Ben the Rat song. I might say Billie Jean, but since they forced him to turn that one into a Pepsi commercial, I sort of feel like I should
0: pick something else. Jackson was rushed to hospital while filming a television commercial in Los Angeles.
1: From what I saw, Michael was coming down from the riser, the explosion went off, and then he started spinning, and then he was tackled by his brothers. You know, Michael Jackson doesn't even drink Pepsi. His father made him do that commercial because Pepsi's sponsoring the Jackson family victory tour. But Michael doesn't even want to do the tour. Michael Jackson wants to be his own person. Which leads me to this question. If the most famous person in the world can't be in charge of his own destiny, then what does that say about freedom in 1984?
0: I made a deal with myself, if I win more, one more award, which is this award, which is seven, which is a record, I would take off my glasses.
1: But watching him at the Grammys last night, I think he just might have an escape plan. I'm going to have to pay close attention to Michael Jackson this no, year.
0: I, I don't want to take them off, really, but Catherine Hepburn, who is a dear friend of mine, she told me I should, and I'm doing it for her, okay? And the, girl, and the girls in the back of it.
1: But what is up with that glove?
0: Three little words, where's the beef, have become the most famous words of 1984.
1: March 8th. It turns out that I am not the only person who's in love with the Where's the Beef lady. Her name is Clara Peller, and she's become super famous. And while it's great to see her get all this attention, it kind of bothers me that a-holes like Ryan Hoffman, this dick in my class, like her too. His dad, who's a cop, picked him up after school the other day, and they both shouted Where's the Beef at each other like it was their own private joke. I almost puked. I considered disavowing all of my allegiances to this lady. But then, this morning, I saw her on TV.
0: Clara, will you say, Where's the beef for me one time? I sure will. Please, Where's the beef?
1: She was on the Today Show, along with a guy who made her commercial. Good morning to both of
0: you. Why does Clara work in these ads? Uh, because she's real.
1: Where's the beef is way more than an advertising slogan or a catchphrase. It is a revolutionary war cry. Shouting where's the beef is like saying, I refuse to accept the fake. I demand the real. Clara Peller is like one of those secret freedom fighters Philip K. Dick talks about in his VALIS System book. He wrote... I sensed the empire without seeing it, sensed a vast iron prison in which human slaves toiled, and I saw, as if superimposed on the black metal walls of this huge prison, certain rapidly scurrying figures in gray robes, enemies of the empire and its tyranny, a remnant opposed to it. I'm certain that if Philip K. Dick was still alive, he would recognize that Clara Peller is one of those enemies of the black iron prison. Clara Peller is proof that in our 1984,
0: the resistance is real.
1: April 4th. Today, on the Public Access Channel, I watched a British TV version of 1984 from the 50s. Whoever programmed this knows what they're doing because April 4th is the day Winston Smith began writing in his diary.
0: Do you remember writing in your diary that freedom is the freedom to say two and two make four? Yes.
1: I pretended to be sick so I could stay home and watch it.
0: How many fingers am I holding up, Winston? Four. And if the party says it is not four but five, then how many?
1: Four. The scene where Winston is tortured by O'Brien was super gnarly. One-ninety.
0: How many fingers, Winston? Four. Five. Four. Anything you like. Only stop the pain. Stop.
1: After the movie, I watched a bunch of game shows. But at some point, I fell asleep. And I dreamed I was a contestant on The Price is Right. In my dream, Bob Barker kept asking me the same question over and over. What is the formula for Reaganomics? I gave it my best, but all of my answers were wrong. I didn't win a single prize. The wrong way to act on a game show. You ask me, what is two and two?
0: Okay, what is two and two? Four? Right. Wrong. (laughs) Let's try it again.
1: When I awoke from my dream, the news was on, and a reporter was talking about the homeless.
0: This is the Guadalupe River, home for many without a home. Now, some of the street people are claiming that police are rousting them from their homes. Some 50 people claim police have destroyed their campsites no, and belongings. For the high-tech center, it seems like there
1: were probably some orders from upstairs to make it look like there weren't no street people. We're not sure if it
0: was Hood's sleeping bag we found upstream, but he and several other street people claim police not only uproot them, but they're dumping their possessions in the river. Chief Hernandez says an internal investigation is underway to make sure police actions were proper. It does not appear that the officers did anything illegal or perhaps even improper, but it may have been um, seen that way by some of the people.
1: And that's when it hit me. The formula for regonomics is 2 plus 2 equals 5.
0: news plus. OK, as an American citizen, I'm disappointed. How do you as a Russian citizen feel about what your government did today? Just individually. Uh, first of all, I, I should uh, object to this uh, term boycott.
1: May 8th Today, the Soviets announced that they will be boycotting the Olympic Games in Los Angeles. Mike's stepdad says this is awesome because the U.S. will now get all the gold medals. He is such a retard. If only there was a way I could get out of the country this summer and skip this whole patriotic pep rally. It would be so awesome to travel the world and attend all the international summer science fiction conventions like Worldcon, Psycon, Unicon. Today, I read an article about this book festival that's coming up in Germany. Their theme is George Orwell's 1984. I so have to go to this. This guy, Neil Postman, will be giving the main speech, and he claims Orwell's predictions turned out to be wrong because we are the ones doing the watching. We are the ones, he says, amusing ourselves to death. I don't know about that. But if I can get to Germany, I'll definitely ask him about it.
0: на пояс, с и... Hello, I am Macintosh. It is with considerable pride that I introduce a man who's been like a father to me, Steve Jobs.
1: May 22nd. Today on Channel 12, there was an after-school special about the man who invented the Macintosh. I'd like to spend a few minutes reviewing where we are with our first major product of 1984, Macintosh, in the first 100 days.
0: So let's get started.
1: It's weird. This Steve Jobs guy doesn't talk like a computer nerd. In fact, all he seems to care about is advertising. I got a letter from the Vice President of Marketing at McDonald's, among the many others that we received. And I'd like to just read a few paragraphs of it. Dear Mr. Jobs, for one who appreciates outstanding consumer marketing, I congratulate those at your company responsible for the marketing of Macintosh. Your Macintosh advertising has sold me, and you've shown
0: your industry how to market personal computers to real people. Apple has done it.
1: Is Steve Jobs selling computers? Or something else? On the news tonight, there was a story about another guy named Steve.
0: He's also into computers. Steve Roberts calls himself a high-tech nomad. Eight months ago, he sold his house and his car, and he set out across America on a funny-looking bicycle with a four-pound computer strapped on the back. All he needs is his computer and a phone. Yes, I need an 800 number, please. Steve Roberts has never stopped working.
1: The Macintosh is not a computer. It's freedom. And if I don't get one soon, I'm going to die.
0: Ted, won't we get pounded if we go to a senior party? <laughs> Wait, so we got $70, and we got a pair of girls on their pants. We're safe as kittens, okay? This is a great social opportunity for us. Come on!
1: June 22nd. This weekend, Mike and Josh went to see this new movie called Ghostbusters, but I wasn't invited. So I went to see Sixteen Candles, even though I've already watched it three times. On the way to the movie theater, a car drove by and this girl leaned out the window and yelled, Geek! I'm pretty sure this is because I look like the actor who plays Ted the Geek in Sixteen Candles, this guy named Anthony Michael Hall. I'm not embarrassed by that. It's kind of cool to look like a movie star. So what if he plays a geek? But lately, Josh has been making a number of comments about how I am just like Ted the Geek. I think he's saying this because he now recognizes that he and Mike are more like my sidekicks, kind of like Ted's friends Weeze and Bryce in the movie.
0: Ted, that's the prom queen. you got two girls in one night. I told you dudes I was hot. Hot, Ted, you're a legend. you shut up? People around here work, all right? Come on. No, Ted. Nobody's going to believe you. That, my friends, is what the pictures are for, okay?
1: I will admit, I'm a bit sad that I wasn't invited to go see Ghostbusters, but maybe it's for the best. Mike and Josh are both going to Merrill Middle School in the fall, while I will be going to Cole. The Denver school busing map will end our friendship anyways, but in a way it's kind of relieving. Because while it's awesome to be a founding member of a group like the greatest science fiction authors fan club, it's also cool to have the chance to strike out and reinvent yourself. I'm thinking new school, new identity. This is why I'm learning how to break dance.
0: All right, get on your feet, push back the couch, and come on, baby, let's break. I will
1: admit, Ghostbusters looks like an amazing movie. And yes, I'll admit that I wish I got invited to see it too. And yes, it was my idea that we should go see it this weekend. But it's cool. Overriding all of this lameness is my new
0: love for breaking. Here's the slow-mo. Now, by the way, starts just like an arm wave. One hand on the other. Clatter it up your arm, down your body, up out, glide it up your arm, and down your back. Come well, on, you can do it. You can do it. Now there's a Michael Jackson hotline with all the inside news at 976-2500. Beat it to your phone. July 5th. This week, we are featuring the thriller, which is a hamburger-topped with bell peppers, black olives, hot chili sauce, Tabasco sauce, and tomatoes.
1: I've been calling the Michael Jackson hotline a lot lately. My mom is definitely gonna freak out when she sees the phone bill, but I can't stop myself. To tell you the truth though, it's mostly filler. Ha, even I can make thriller puns.
0: Michael Jackson is proof of what a person can accomplish through a lifestyle free of alcohol or drug abuse.
1: I know this will sound crazy, but the Victory Tour is coming to Denver on September 8th, and I had this vision that if I call the hotline at the right moment, Michael Jackson will pick up the phone and offer me a free ticket to the show. This hasn't happened yet, but since the tour starts tomorrow, I called like 10 times today.
0: Michael uh, has a statement that he'd like to read at this time. The other day I got a letter from a fan she has been saving her money from odd jobs to buy tickets. But with the turn tour system, she'd have to buy four tickets. And she couldn't afford that. So we've asked our promoter to work out a new way of distributing tickets. A way that no longer requires a money order. There's something else I am going to announce today. I want you to know that I've decided to donate all my money I make from the performance to charity. Michael
1: Jackson is totally showing his brothers just what he thinks about them riding on his coattails. He's not even keeping his share of the profits. He really does want to be free of the tour, the Pepsi commercials, the family. Maybe he will actually start giving away free tickets now. That's a form of charity. Whoa. My God. So before going to bed, I called the hotline one last time. And I got something kind of amazing. In fact, I think it's another clue about his plan to break his chains and be free.
0: I'm a fantasy fanatic, and uh, anything that takes you off into another world, escapism, um, that's what I like. Um, I'm not so crazy about the reality of everything. I like a lot of fantasy. And that's what I try to create. To get away. To become moved. To become moved. We're awfully glad that you're watching 2020 tonight, and we count on the loyalty of you, our viewers. But okay, we understand you might have to miss the program now and then. So what do you do? John Stossel, what do you do?
1: You tape it, Barbara. If you're like millions of Americans, you have a machine like this one, a VCR or video cassette recorder. Take a cassette, slip it in the machine, set the timer, and you can record whatever program you want to watch and watch it at your convenience, not the TV station's convenience.
0: It's called freedom. True.
1: August 12th, VCRs and video cameras are now everywhere. It's like overnight there was a video invasion.
0: This is the subject of John's report tonight, the home videotape recorder, and I hear that it's the biggest cray since um, the hula hoop
1: hu. today more people are going crazy over the new technology and the new cameras are incredibly small and with tape unlike film you don't have to wait for processing you just shoot your pictures and
0: then slip the cassette into the vcr and show your friends
1: all this seems pretty weird to me but some manufacturers will even tell you your life isn't complete without home video
0: if you really uh, want to enjoy a uh Uh, Depths of your life There is no time for you to wait To get involved with uh, this video revolution
1: Here in 1984 There aren't tons of hidden cameras But that doesn't mean George Orwell is wrong Because Big Brother doesn't need to record us We're doing it for him Forget watching There are TV shows now Where the whole point is to get people To send in their own recordings we're in the second week of our nomination process for our home video awards and this unusual piece of tape comes from us, uh, to us from an unusual man who lives in his van. <laughs> he only wants to be known as Bud
0: the Creep. So we don't have the rest of his name, but here is Bud the Creep's entry.
1: This weekend, Josh, Mike, and I tried to make a video for one of these shows, a new comedy series on NBC, but it was a total disaster. The problem, I think, is that each of us has his own definition of
0: what's funny. The Homemade Comedy Special, starring, written, produced, and directed by the United States of America. Josh
1: wanted to make a Ghostbusters parody where we would catch ghosts that haunt the homeless. I politely reminded him that I still haven't seen that movie. Mike's idea was even worse. It was a Revenge of the Nerds skit, but instead of having the nerds put secret cameras in a sorority house, we would install them at the mall so we could be like security guards. So dumb my idea was clearly superior. It was a sci-fi author dystopia Olympic competition. We would each portray famous sci-fi writers and describe a nightmare dystopia. But the joke would be that the winner, me, would describe our actual world. And this would scare all the judges and they would give me a perfect 10. But we didn't film anything. We spent the entire day fighting
0: it's time now for sock hop with the cops sock hop with the cops is a tv show with real cops In front of the camera and behind it, 20 police officers in all, making television.
1: August 22nd. I saw something tonight that I am sure will haunt me for the rest of my life. I was watching the Republican convention on TV with my mom. Nancy Reagan was giving a speech. And then, all of a sudden, Ronald Reagan appeared on the giant screen behind her. They must have set up a two-way camera system in his hotel room because he could see her, and he started waving. And then she turned around and started waving back, and the crowd screamed and roared like they were still at the Olympics. You know, this is going to sound a little weird, but I swear I could just make out the voice of O'Brien coming from somewhere in that coliseum. How many fingers am I holding up, Winston, he croaked as Reagan's hand flopped up and down, on the giant telescreen. You know, it's kind of been fun playing detective, searching for hidden clues about the Orwellian nature of our world. But tonight, I realized that nothing is actually hidden. It's all right there, in the open. And it kind of freaks me out. I think if Ronald Reagan wins this election, We might end up living in 1984 forever. When I think of that, I can't even breathe.
0: Morning zoo On C100. Is this Clara Peller? Yeah! Good morning Clara, welcome to the zoo! What am I gonna do? Clara, would you do us a favor? I will if I can. Would you say, this is Clara Peller on the zoo, where's the beef? This is Clara Peller, where's the beef?
1: August 28th Today was the first day of middle school. I wore my new Where's the Beef t-shirt. I wanted to make a statement, let the people know that I'm a member of the resistance, an enemy of the Black Iron Prison. But, well, this turned out to be a terrible idea. When I got on the school bus this morning, the first person I ran into was Ryan Hoffman. And when he saw my shirt, he shouted out, Criminal! And like for the entire bus ride, he went on and on about how he had put his old and out of fashion Where's the Beef t-shirt in the Salvation Army bin in front of his house last summer, and how I must have come one night like a rat and stolen it.
0: Clara, where's the beef? What about it? (laughs) What's your
1: He shut up when we got closer to Cole. Everyone did. It's probably the first time most of us seventh graders have even been past Martin Luther King Boulevard.
0: How about the record? Did you hear my record? No. Oh, that's a beautiful record. What's the the name of the record? What's the name of the record? Oh, where's the beat? That's a good idea, Clara.
1: When we got off the bus, this giant black kid immediately blocked my way on the steps. What's the password, he said. You got to know the password if you want to move past me. I pointed to my shirt, and for a second, I thought everything would be okay, because he smiled. But it wasn't that kind of smile. He shoved me backwards, and I fell to the ground. It was like I had a target on my face. But how did it get there? Why is everyone making fun of me? He's a dork. What? Can you say dork? He a good
0: boy. Sammy. me? Yeah. Hold on a minute. All right. Where's the beat?
1: At lunch, Ryan came up to me and squirted an entire package of ketchup all over my shirt. Ha ha, he said, looks like you found your beef. I ran out of the cafeteria and into the bathroom. I took off my shirt and tried to wash the ketchup out in the sink, but my shirt was totally ruined. I started to cry. Where's the beef? Maybe the most popular slogan of 1984, but it's still thought crime. If they can tell that you actually want the answer, you're toast. Oh,
0: where's the beef? Ah, all right, Clara. Bye, Clara. Have a happy day.
1: Where's the beef? Be a nice boy. Ah. Where's the beef?
0: Where's the beef? All right, Clara. Clara.
1: September 10th. It's
0: an Academy Award nomination and a Golden Globe Award winner. Wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Ho, ho.
1: The Michael Jackson concert was Saturday night, and he almost played the song, Ben.
0: You got to give me something better than this. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Just for a change, just for a change, why don't you give me something a little
1: different? I ended up not getting to go to the concert. But Joe, that kid who pushed me on the first day of school, he did. And today in gym class, he told me that Michael Jackson decided not to sing Ben at the last minute because he knew that I lived in Denver and that I was a real rat and that made him want to puke just thinking about me. This of course makes no sense, but I didn't tell Joe that. It's better when I just ignore him. I've been getting a lot of Ben the Rat jokes these days, along with the usual Ben gays. But today, this kid named Kenny decided to call me Ben the Gay Rat. This really pissed Joe off. And he punched Kenny so hard, he flew into the lockers. I think the Michael Jackson rumors must be getting to him.
0: It saddens me that many actually believe the present flurry of false accusations. I have never taken hormones to maintain my high voice. I have never had my cheekbones altered in any way. I have never had cosmetic surgery on my eyes. Jackson's spokesman also said the singer will take legal action against anyone who continues to spread this untrue information.
1: September 20th. Last weekend, my aunt and uncle took me to the movies. I think they can tell how much I hate middle school. We saw a documentary called Streetwise about homeless kids in Seattle. It was pretty intense. Some of them eat out of dumpsters. When you get regular dumpsters, we call them regs, you go there every night, you know, you check all these dumpsters, all these different places, and you can tell, because they're regs, what's been there last week and what was put in there that night. Because you know, a lot of people say, well, shit, that shit could be a week old and you can't even tell. But you can because it's your rag, you know? It's your regular dumpster. Look at this.
0: Oh, I think I need some jackpot. Jesus Christ!
1: Tonight, I watched the first episode of The Cosby Show, a new TV comedy about rich black people.
0: Dad, you're a doctor and Mom's a lawyer. And you're both successful and everything, and that's great. But maybe I was born to be a regular person and have a regular life. Theo... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: Can you imagine if Bill Cosby took his son out and showed him the regular people eating out of their regular dumpsters? Now that would be a lesson. But there are no homeless people on TV. Well, no real ones.
0: Nobody wants me around. Well, that's okay. Because I don't need anybody. I can take care of myself. Punky, come back here.
1: The homeless are the true unpersons of 1984.
0: Punky, they come from another time. A machine wrapped in flesh, a soldier from a distant war, both after a woman who holds the key to the future. One wants to kill her. The other must protect her. I'm here to help you. You've been targeted for termination. The Terminator. Your future is in his hands. The Terminator. Rated R. The number one movie in the USA is now playing everywhere.
1: October 27th. Today, I went to the movies by myself. I snuck into the Terminator. When it was over, I immediately ran home to write about it in my diary. I wonder if Mike and Josh will write anything about it for their fanzine. I kind of miss those guys. I find it hard to believe that in the future we could be controlled by our technology. Mostly because our computers have happy faces on them. But seriously, it's hard to imagine humanity enslaved by something like a Macintosh. I mean, if there's any hope for the future, I believe it's computers. Don't get me wrong, I love the movie. The robot was awesome.
0: I played the villain the first time in my life, a robot and it was really uh, weird. I never thought the time would come where I would be looking at photographs, and I myself would ask myself, is this me, or is this the dummy? Uh, There was no way of telling the difference.
1: We're making robots in science class. I'm in a group with Nick and Teresa, who I've known since the first grade. But she's always been friends with people like Ryan Hoffman She's very pretty And she's really into robots Which is so weird I think she wants to reinvent herself, too Last weekend we had a meeting at her house We're building a robot that will make milkshakes and play records We all talked about how miserable we are at school Nick hates gym as much as I do Teresa says the only thing she likes to do is dance with the boys at lunch. When I told her that I had tried to learn how to breakdance last summer, she laughed and gave me this giant hug. I will never forget this hug for the rest of my life.
0: This is the way the map looks now. Virtually all red. CBS News now estimates that Ronald Reagan has been re-elected president of our United States.
1: November 6th. This is one of the worst nights of my life. Ronald Reagan just got re-elected, and it wasn't even close.
0: As you see, the map is entirely, totally red for Reagan. Ronald Reagan still has a chance for an an historic 50-state sweep.
1: My mom even voted for Reagan. Well, mostly because of the abortion thing. But still, it looks like the entire country voted for him. Looking at that red map, I really do feel like a minority of one.
0: The tide of the future is a freedom tide. You ain't seen nothing yet. What is seen is not always what is real. According to Shakespeare, there was something operating in nature perhaps inside human nature itself, that was rotten. A canker, as he put it.
1: Dear citizen of the future, today is November 9th, 1984, and I am writing to you from Room 101. It's totally incredible. Here at Cole Middle School, when you get detention, they send you to Room 101. The reason I'm here in detention is because I decapitated Ryan Hoffman's robot. Today was robot demo day. Science class was in the gym. Sadly, Nick and I didn't have much to demo, just a blender that lit up when you turned it on. But it's amazing we had anything, considering Teresa dropped out of our group last week on account of her getting suspended. She was supposed to do the record player part. Brian Hoffman's group totally cheated. First of all, their robot was nothing but a giant super-gobot glued to the top of a giant monster truck. All they did was paint the thing red, white, and blue. They called it the Gipperbot. And using a remote control for the monster truck, they raced it all over the gym. When the Gipperbot tried to ram me, I went into that pose from the Karate Kid, the crane one, and I kicked it in the head as hard as I could. I wish Teresa could have seen that. Today was Teresa's first day back since her suspension. And when she got on the bus this morning, she was carrying this giant plastic sack. For a second I thought maybe she had built a robot after all. What do you got? I asked as she passed my seat. She opened up the bag so I could see inside. It was a giant canister of gasoline, and it really stunk. I am going to burn that motherfucking school to the ground, she whispered. And then she went to the back of the bus. When we got to Cole, security guards were waiting, and they took her away. The driver must have called ahead. I hope Teresa doesn't think it was me. I will never betray her. December 10th.
0: Listen up. I'd like to say, this is our last and final tour. And I think this is our farewell tour. Y'all have been wonderful. It's been a long 20 years. And we love you all.
1: The victory tour is over. Last night on stage at the final show in Los Angeles, Michael Jackson announced to his family and the world that he is going solo. There's an incredible picture of him in the newspaper today. His gloved hand is thrust in the air, and all five fingers are shimmering. December 25th. I didn't get a Mac for Christmas, but I'm not the only one. Hmm. Apple hardly sold any Macintoshes over the holidays. Maybe that's why they're running all these crazy
0: commercials now. If you can't get a computer to do anything but frustrate you, try the computer you already know how to use. Take Macintosh out for a free overnight test drive.
1: I read a magazine article that said Steve Jobs might not be Apple's CEO next year. His infamous reality distortion field seriously let him down. But I don't think he should be too hard on himself. He had a lot of competition this year.
0: Finally tonight, it's become a tradition on New Year's Eve to look back at some of the memorable moments of the year just coming to an end. And here now, some of the indelible images of 1984.
1: December 31st. Tonight, I watched the the end-of-the-year wrap-ups on all three networks. And for a second, I thought that I had totally gone insane because there were songs and movies and news events that I had never seen or heard before. But I promise you, dear citizen of the future, everything I recorded in this diary happened. And it all happened in 1984. And I hope, wherever you are in the future, that this diary will be of use to you. I sure hope you're not living in the black iron prison, but if you are, I hope you have a really cool reality distortion field that makes your life bearable. Perhaps you've succeeded in burning the black iron prison down, or perhaps in the future, it's totalitarianism that gets stamped out, and the only boot is the one you hear before the face on your screen lights up. Well, anyways, It's time for me to say goodbye. The clock is winding down and the ball is about to drop.
0: 1984, The Year, Not the Book, produced by Benjamin Walker for his podcast, Theory of Everything. To read an interview with Benjamin about the making of 1984, visit thirdcoastfestival.org. Not all of us had such grand theories at age 12. I, for one, was trying to survive my first year of a new junior high school in a new neighborhood including scary girls three times my size, and even scarier, social dances. But what if, by some magic time-space dimensional realignment, you could go back and advise your younger self? What words of wisdom would you share? In our next story, some really good ideas. Here's advice on aging. Dear four-year-old, Enjoy having your shoes tied for you, because pretty soon
1: everyone's going to start calling you a big girl who can do it for herself. Signed, a five-year-old. Dear
0: five-year-old, get some sleep while you can. Grade one doesn't have nap time. Signed, a six-year-old. Dear six-year-old, training wheels are for babies. You need to learn to let go already. Regards, a seven-year-old. Dear seven-year-old, no matter what anyone says, stay weird. Signed, an eight-year-old. Dear eight-year-old, it's better to bury your Brussels sprouts in the backyard than to hide them under your mattress. Sincerely, a nine-year-old. Dear nine-year-old, don't save your Halloween candy for too long. It gets stale pretty fast, and your mom will make you throw it out. Regards, a 12-year-old. Dear 12-year-old, enjoy being a kid for as long as possible. Because two words, pimples and mustaches. Signed, a 13-year-old.
1: Dear 13-year-old, guess what? Bullies don't disappear
0: anytime soon. Good luck. Signed, a 15-year-old.
1: Dear 15-year-old, Easy on the pancake makeup. You're not
0: as ugly as you think. Signed, a 16-year-old. Dear 16-year-old, Don't spend too much time crying about boys. When you're older, you'll read your old journals and you won't remember who most of these so-called soulmates even were. I promise. Love, an 18-year-old. Dear 18-year-old, Don't be afraid to leave your hometown for university. It'll still be there when you graduate. Signed, a 24-year-old.
1: Dear 24-year-old, enjoy that hot dog and craft dinner diet while you can. It will catch up to you sooner than you think. Signed, a
0: 30-year-old. Dear 30-year-old, things are going to get rough. Spend more time getting to know your dad. Signed, a 36-year-old. Dear 36-year-old, If he doesn't want kids, don't wait eight and a half years for him to change his mind. Signed, a 41-year-old.
1: Dear 41-year-old, quit working that job you hate, even though you love the money. Trust me, it's not worth it.
0: Signed, a 48-year-old. Dear 48-year-old, you are not old. Stop moping. Signed, a 56-year-old. Dear 56 year old, don't wait until retirement to have any fun. You will be way too tired. Signed, a 65 year old. Dear 65 year old, did you know George Bush Senior jumped out of a plane for his 85th birthday? It's never too late to try something new. Regards, a 72 year old. Dear
1: 72-year-old, Indulge your sweet tooth. You'll need dentures soon anyway. Sincerely, an
0: 83-year-old. Dear 83-year-old, Better enjoy people coming to you for advice while you can. Pretty soon, everyone's going to start thinking they know better than you. Signed, a 90-year-old. Advice on Aging was produced by Jonathan Goldstein and Mira burt for Wiretap from the CBC. La Bionda! Make contact... Riding in a spaceship 1984 Picking up a signal Never
1: heard before Wanna be your lover Wanna be your
0: lover Wanna be your lover And don't just be a friend You've been listening to Resounds from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxine. The program is produced by Dennis Funk and curated by Johanna Zorn and Sarah Geis of the Third Coast Festival. Our intern is Annie Kastekis. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear more than 1,500 outstanding documentaries from around the world. And subscribe to our podcast. Support for Resound comes from Emma, a web based email marketing and communications service helping businesses and nonprofits manage their email campaigns and online surveys in style. More at myemma.com. Support for Resound is also provided by the Logan Theater in Chicago's Logan Square. Movies screening in January include Duck Soup, A Fish Called Wanda, Annie Hall, and many more. There's more information at thelogantheater.com. The Third Coast International Audio Festival is a nonprofit arts organization made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Agadino Foundation, the Menaki Foundation, and the National Endowment for the Arts. The Third Coast Festival is supported in part by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council Agency. Special thanks to our many individual contributors from Chicago and around the world. The Third Coast Festival was founded in 2000 by WBEZ Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. Resound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.